Writer is up. This is Riders Up, the best place to get all the horse racing news and information that you need. Now here's your host, Frank Lyons. Welcome to Riders Up on ESPN Radio, brought to you by Transformer Equine. For more on these great products, go to TransformerEquine.com. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. It was a beautiful week at Keeneland. Hopefully it will remain the same today, but rain is in the forecast. But today's card is a fabulous one, with the feature race being the Coolmore Lexington, and also they have the Grade 1 Jenny Wiley, also at Oaklawn Park today. They have their big day with the Arkansas Derby, $1 million purse there. And on the show today, we have the president and founder of Old Friends, Michael Blown, who will tell us all about how Old Friends came to fruition. Also, Frankie Miramati is on the show, and we will handicap all the big races from Oaklawn and Keeneland. So sit tight till we pay some bills. We will be right back. Welcome back to Riders Up here on ESPN Radio. I am Frank Lines, and right now, very pleased to be joined by the president and founder of Old Friends, Michael Blown. How are you, Michael? I'm good, Frank. I'm very well today. Thanks. Now, how did you become involved with Old Friends, or how did it form? Well, it's uh, we'll, we'll do the truncated version. Okay. Uh, I uh, when I was I used to write for the Boston Globe. And I had a wonderful editor there named Robert Taylor, who loved going to the races, and he was a genius with editing copy. Right. And at that point in my life, I thought thinking of horses as athletes was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't hit a baseball or shoot a hoop or anything. Uh, but I, would, I really liked Mr. Taylor, and I knew if I hung around with him, things would go well. And one day he called me and invited me to go to Suffolk Downs. And I went out to Suffolk Downs, and I immediately fell in love with it. I liked the drinking. I liked the gambling. <laughs> I liked the stories. Yeah. I liked the people. I liked everything about it, and I became an instant convert. And as years went on, got too old to play basketball, so for exercise, I apprenticed myself out to a bottom claiming trainer at Suffolk Downs named Carlos Figueroa. Huh. And I went to work for him, and I did stalls every morning for a couple of years. Uh, because I thought it would improve my handicapping. It, it didn't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might add. Uh, however, I did end up falling in love with the horses. So when my wife and I retired, I was offered the job as operations director for the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, and I did that for a year and a half. And then I thought about, um, I didn't want to start a group that was just going to do what other really good groups were already doing a fine job of. It seemed redundant and ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, but what I discovered was nobody was taking these stallions. And as somebody who'd covered the movies for quite a while, I recognized these stallions as real celebrities and stars. And I thought, gee whiz, you know, if we could do what they do over at the horse park, and what they've done successfully over the years, and retire some of these uh, stallions as our, our major impetus, then I thought, well, maybe we got a, a shot at doing something. And, that's pretty much how it started back in 2003. Wow. How, how many horses have you on the farm right now? Uh, let's see. Right now, 141. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have more stakes winners than any farm in history. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we've got 60 
No, 72 in the cemetery, unfortunately, because we are a retirement facility. Yeah. Uh, we don't do any retraining. And so if we get a, a call about a horse that's young and can be retrained, we call New Vocations or one of the other right. accredited thoroughbred aftercare organizations to uh, to take them. But all our horses are are retired. And it's just great to wake up every morning and yeah. feed them carrots. Oh, yeah. Now tell us some of the horses that you, some of the the stars that you have out there at Old Friends. Well, let's see. We have four, we had four horses that won the Breeders' Cup Sprint here. Really? Uh, Pre- Precisionist and uh, Gulch have both passed on, but right now we have Amazombie and uh, Cajun Beat. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we have Alphabet Soup. Of course, who won the nineteen ninety six Classic. Classic up at Woodbine, uh, beating Cigar and Louis Couture's in a yeah. spectacular photo finish. Um, and then our big stars are the Derby winners, uh, War Emblem and Silver Charm. Yeah, and I- they won the, of course, won the Derby and the Preakness. Yeah. Both of them were beaten in the Belmont. And as luck would have it, we also have the horses that beat them. We have Touch Gold, who uh, beat uh, Silver Charm in the Belmont, and Sarava, who beat War Emblem. Yeah, wow. That I mean, I I had no I had, I had no idea. I knew you had, uh, <clears throat> you know, Silver Charm and uh, Afternoon Delights, and but I had no idea that it went that deep, and I had no idea you had 141 horses. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, well, we've expanded. We've got over 300 acres now. Wow. And we have a farm up in Saratoga, and we have a facility down at Kentucky Downs. And, uh, and uh, you know, and what's really great is the acknowledgement by uh, the horse racing industry and the, the great sport that it is, is starting to acknowledge that these horses have value, you know, beyond their racing and breeding years. And, and they're recognizing that as a, as a vehicle for tourism. And these horses are generating income now because these tourists come here and visitors come and they, they donate money to old friends and they, we have a gift shop and, and so we're proving that these horses can still yeah. uh, make money. Be money so, makers. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, how old are, what's the oldest horse you, you've had out at Old Friends? The oldest one we had was Gulch, and he died when he was 32. 32. Wow. Our oldest one now is a horse you might remember, Frank, named Denard. Oh, absolutely. Um, was well, He was yeah. out of Dahar, or he was out of Dahlia, wasn't he? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember him, uh, I think John Sadler had him, was it? Uh, it was I, Alan Paulson's horse anyway. That's right. Alex Passenger had him when he was younger. I'm not yeah. sure who ended up with him. Yeah, i just seen uh, Alex a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen Alex for years. Running. It's amazing when you're in the horse business, uh, the old friend, you know, we're all old friends, really. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a nice uh, situation to be in. Yes, I you know you know we've met so many wonderful people. I mean, every year you know a couple of times a year you know Bob Baffert comes to see all his horses. We have one of his younger horses that who might be a first ballot Hall of Famer next year. We have Game on Dude, oh. and he's he's in the same paddock with Little Mike, and they're yeah. pals. Now, wow. So. Oh my! I can't wait to get out there to old friends this week. And actually, the Transformer Equine, the um, the sponsor of our show, is going to donate free product to to our old friends. And uh, so you'll get uh, this um, um, breathe. It's called breathe, and it's amazing. Doctor Cheney just did this thing this morning on it, and he's been using it for like four years. 
and he recommends it to everyone to use for the for the breathing because you know that horses uh, they did a study and 23% of all horses suffer from COPD and uh you know you know the dust and stuff uh, uh, sure. that's involved so it'll maybe help them live even a little longer uh so uh, but i can't wait to come out and see all those horses and i bet there's some great characters uh, do, do you have uh, some great characters out there yes it's like well silver charm is like the kept class valedictorian a's on every paper yes ma'am no ma'am thank you sir he's the quarterback of the football team he's you know, he's the senior prom king. Yeah. He's most likely to succeed. Yeah. And war, and, but, and he's very, very intelligent. I mean, one of the things that I've learned, Frank, by hanging around with the really good ones yeah, is that, you know, Silver Charm's breeding's not that good. War Emblem's breeding's terrible. Yeah. Um, little Mike's, little Mike's uh, buy a $500 stallion out of a $500 mare. Wow. Um, but they're all smarter than the rest of them. Yeah. The good ones. The intelligence level is unbelievable. I I often compare it to like really good basketball players like yeah. LeBron James. You know, there's a lot of talented basketball players, but you know, LeBron James and the people who really understand the game are three or four moves ahead of everybody. Sure. And that's the same thing with uh, with hanging around with these uh, these great horses. Yeah. But they are characters, and that's the key to it. Well, you know this, Frank, because you've been around them all your life. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, is that you know when you're just betting them. And they have numbers on the saddle class. And don't get me wrong, I'm on my way to Keeneland as we speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that they all have different personalities. Yeah. yeah. And to see them express their personalities yeah. Uh, yeah. It, as they as they get relaxed and as they stop, you know, having to work for a living. Yeah. And they just they just train us. When when Bob uh, Baffert came to see his horses last year. Um, he was talking about Silver Charm and how smart he was, and told me War Emblem tried to kill him twice. Yeah. yeah and was... War Emblem's probably just as smart as Silver Charm, maybe. Yeah. But he just he's just totally narcissistic. And, you know, he has two ways to communicate, biting and kicking. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he's settled in a little, but he's still really, really smart. He's like you know, a crotchety old person. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. And uh-huh. very aware, Yep. And now, do you, do you have uh, videos of their races playing all the time? Yes. Yes, you do, huh? Yes, we're going to build a, uh, hopefully, if I live long enough to do this, we're going to build a, a center, a kind of a, a museum. Yeah. Because we have a lot of really interesting things that I think racing fans would like to see. Sure. And I'd like to be able to have a place with a huge screen uh, TV where they can watch the races. You know, right now we have a TV set up in the barn with all of our Breeders' Cup victories on that huh. on that DVD, so they they can go see Alphabet Soup and then watch the uh, watch the classic. Or, you know, we had Black Tie Affair here, and wow, of course he won the classic yeah. too, beating Twilight Agenda. Yes, yeah. yes, he was yes. by uh, Black Tie. He was out of a mare called Hot Tabs Girl, wasn't he? Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Irish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, now, now, how do you? How does Old Friends survive? Do you accept? Uh, you know, uh, wh- what way do we donate to Old Friends? Well, there's all kinds of ways. You know, when I was covering the movies, Jack Nicholson told me once that movie people were just like regular people, but everything was magnified ten times. Yeah. So, you know, the greedy people are ten times greedier. 
but the nice people are ten times nicer, and the generous people are ten times uh, more generous. Yeah, yeah. When well, we got um, when we got afternoon delights, your friend Bert Backrack sent us fifty thousand dollars. Wow. So yeah. what happens is uh, my business plan is not business and it's not plan, but uh, we take all the horses unconditionally, and whatever happens, happens. So let let me ask you now: do, Is it all colts and geldings out there, or is no, there, no, oh. no? We have some mares too. Good. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we had Bonnie's poker. We had Silver Charles. Silver Charles' mother. For a long yeah. Time. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah, poker. We had, huh. we had one of Precisionist few babies here named Personalized. He was by uh, Norcliffe, was he? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to show off that I know my breeding. No, this is fabulous. I can't wait. I think you should, in your spare time, you should come out here and give tours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I know Bobby Frankel also was very generous. Yes. Yep. Bobby is very, very generous. After, I didn't know Bobby well at all, but uh, we had a horse here named Ruleman that he used to train oh. before he went west with Charlie Whittingham. By Mr. Leader. Yes. And Ruleman was just like Warren Boom. He was. Re- he really knew who, knew who he was, and he didn't suffer fools. He was. He was tough. How? But Jerry Moss owned him, and Jerry kindly donated him to us. Yeah. And uh, I went to Saratoga the the summer after we got him, and I, I saw Bobby there, and I'd never met him before. And I said, excuse me, Mr. Rangel, I don't want to bother you, but my name's Michael, and I have your great horse, Ruleman, at my farm. And he said, that's nice, and it just totally blew me off. <laughs> Typical Bobby. I said, okay, fine, that's all right. I was a movie critic. Everybody hated me. Yeah. So so uh, two days later, I'm in about the same spot, and there's a tap on my shoulder. I turn around, and it's him. And he goes, aren't you the guy with Ruleman? And his response was completely different. Yeah. And he was very effusive, and it was really nice. And, and that was it. And then uh, just a, a month after, two after he died, uh, Dottie and Gordo handles the business affairs for the Mosses and for Bobby called yeah. me and said, you know, Bobby left you some money and some stuff. <laughs> I said, wow. Well, it amounted to more than $200,000. That's amazing. And my wife and I were coming back from a matinee one day, cause the movies, and uh, we got here and the garage was full of wooden crates. <laughs> I mean, full. It was like the scene in Citizen Kane. <laughs> and it was just full. And we started to open up these big wooden crates, and what comes out but 90%, I guess, of, uh, of Bobby's trophies. Yeah, wow. Just uh, unbelievable. I, You know, the Eclipse Awards, yeah. and the Readers' Cup trophies. And, yeah. you know, he won a couple of Arlington Millions. Yeah. I mean, it's just an embarrassment of riches. So that's one another reason that we have to have a place where, so, where people can go and recall the, absolutely. the great Bobby Frankel. Like Coolmore had to build a basically a museum uh, where actually Sadler's Wells. He 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 looks like he could walk away right right here here and now. But Coolmore have uh, done an amazing job in a museum, uh, and I think that you have to do the same thing, Michael. Yeah, yeah, I really do. You know, right now it's putting up fences. You know, we're uh, sure you know, making sure that we we get some of the horses off the waiting list and uh, <laughs> get them get them here. And uh, once we get that that done, uh, then we can we're, we're going to turn our attention to improving the uh, living conditions for the visitors. Beautiful. Now, is there anything that you would like people to know? Well, I just like people to come to the farm. <laughs> you know, they come out and they can see uh, what we're trying to do here. Uh, they'll either like it 
or they won't. But I, I tell people all the time, we, we, we ask for a $10 donation, and if they don't like it, I'll give them $20 on the way out. <laughs> really? Now, so far, nobody's asked me for that. But Well, that's but, great. Uh, we just want people to go, because I think if they, have, if they have an appreciation for the sport and they get to see these athletes and they get to feed a carrot to Silver Charm, um, I think they'll have a really, really, really good time and walk away with a very favorable impression of the, the great sport of thoroughbred racing. Well, I am going to be out there this week. Oh, uh, I can't wait, Frank. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, all of those. And, Michael, I want to thank you so much and say God bless you for what you've done for the sport. And we all appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you're just an amazing man. Well, it's a lot of fun, Frank. I'm too old not to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Michael Blown, the president of Old Friends, and uh, I encourage everyone to get a chance, get out to Old Friends and see Michael. Michael, you give the personal tours, do you? I give a lot of them, but we have some wonderful tour guides too. Yeah. Uh, that are really, really well versed and very committed to these to these horses, and uh, and I, I so. And I, we're very highly rated on TripAdvisor, so I think they give great tours. So no matter who gives the tour, you know, they're focusing on the uh, on these great stars. Okay, well, go win some money at Keeneland. <laughs> I'm going to try, Frank. Right. <laughs> okay, so, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. Bye-bye. Michael Blowen, everyone, president and founder of Old Friends. So now we're going to go off to break here on Riders Up on the ESPN Radio. I will be back. ESPN Radio. I am your host, Frank Lyons, and very proud to be joined by my old pal, Frankie Miramati. Frankie, how are you? I feel good, brother. How are you this week? I'm very, very good. Now, where are you, Frankie? I'm on the West Coast, uh, about to head back east and get ready for some Monmouth Park. Okay. Now, uh, last week's races, were you more impressed with Justify or Good Magic or Vino Rosso? Oh, well, certainly Justify answered all questions. He's still learning. It's obvious. It took him a while to switch lead. He's a big, powerful colt. And yeah. He's in the hands of Bob Baffert, whose record speaks for itself. And uh, if he thinks he's ready for the Kentucky Derby, so do I, and so does the, the entire world. And we're looking forward to seeing him and that big white blaze turning for home in front. <laughs> well, he is favorite right now, and that's amazing off of just three races and having not raced as a two-year-old, he'll be the first horse since Apollo. Everyone knows that, uh, and that was about 160 years ago or 130 years ago. So he's got that hoodoo hanging out over him, and he's yet to, you know, we've yet to see where to draw, where he draws in the race, and he's he, uh, yet to make it to the race. But if he does make it to the race, he makes it in the gate, he's going to be awful tough to beat, isn't he? Look, that's the Kentucky Derby. It's what everyone wants to win, and there are a lot of live horses this year. It's going to be very interesting. I was very impressed with uh, Good Magic's return. I know a lot of people have questioned his victory. This horse has been campaigned with one specific goal, and that's the Kentucky Derby. Absolutely. So, you know, even one of his biggest fans told me, I, I didn't like the way he finished. Well, last I checked, he finished in front, and that's what he was supposed to do, and Chad Brown's going to you know, tighten him up and have him ready to fire everything he has uh, on the first Saturday of May. He'll be ready to run. Now, how surprised were you that Johnny Velasquez chose Vino Rosso over Audible? You know, I'm, I, I, I just leave that stuff. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff is, uh, is, is overdone and overstated. But Vino Rosso, I, I think he had a little trouble in his previous starts, just climbing a little bit. And he sure. liked the surface better last time out. 
Um, and, and, you know, he's improving. And, that, look, Johnny V's a Hall of Famer for a reason. He knows what he's doing. And, yeah. and in any case, uh, both of those horses are very live. And you never know really how those decisions come to pass. It always seems like the, like the jockeys make those decisions. And in this case, it would certainly make sense that he did. But there are a lot of elements involved. Uh, Castellano jumping ship uh, yeah. off both Doro. That was interesting, too, but yeah. uh, I think he knew that he's never getting to justify with that horse, so he might as well try another another uh, another route. Well, do you know what I heard, and I heard it from a very good source, um, that uh, um, Mike Lakow, Javier's agent, asked him yes. who he wants to ride, and Javier said, okay, let me think about that, and he thought about it for the, uh, the whole day, and he said to uh, Mike, he said, I, I want to ride Bolt Oro." And so, apparently, Mike called Mick Ruiz and said, we're going to stick with you. And then Javier got up the next morning and he said, you know what? I thought about it. I've slept on it. And I think I'm going to ride Audible. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So he called an Audible. He called an Audible. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so, uh, a great bunch of three-year-olds, though. I've, I hear a few people saying, uh, knocking the three-year-old crop, but... I, I think that it's as good a crop as we've seen in many, many years. It's a fact. Look, in horse racing, everyone's getting knocked every day. And if you're not getting knocked, there's a problem with you. So hopefully some people are taking shots at you too, Frankie, because that means you're on top. Absolutely, right. Uh, so now, handicapping as far as racing uh, uh, today, it's a fabulous day's racing at both Oaklawn and Keeneland. And uh, I think we'll start at Keeneland. We'll start with the Ben Ally. And yes. uh, I like a horse in there. I like a horse called Guest Suite. He's one for one at Keeneland. He won last time out. I thought he was a very nice three-year-old. At this time last year, he was very much into derby picture, and Neil Howard thought that much of him. And Neil Howard's trained some very, very nice horses. He's looked at very good horse flesh through the years, and he thought that Guest Suite uh, would make it to the derby with a big chance. Uh, so I think that maybe just... Needed a little time, needed a little bit of maturity. I think he's mature now, and uh, he's one for one at Keeneland. Draws the rail, Brian Hernandez, and that's where I will pay, uh, I will go. I'm right with you on this horse, actually. I'm wondering when he turned into a gelding. I don't know when that happened, but um, I thought he was a colt early on um, and in his career. But uh, this is the horse that I like as well for all the same reasons, so I won't uh, bore your audience by repeating what you just said. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it's the one guest suite uh, in there, and uh, looking at the, then the Giants' causeway, uh, I was very surprised to see that Lady Aurelia was kept in training, and, uh, you know, probably we should get Wesley Ward to, uh, to tell us what, why that was, but uh, I thought, you know, Group 1 winner, um, uh, you know, dual Group 1 winner, uh, four-year-old now she doesn't have to need to do anything but that might just mean that she's doing that good uh you know that wesley thinks that she's uh, uh she's doing as good as she could possibly do i agree she has to be respected but i could never better in this spot i know and i'll never understand races named the giants causeway that are for phillies this is a pet peeve of mine <laughs> at santa anita they named the sir beaufort one of my favorite horses they gave him a turf race yeah um years ago he never ran on the turf um but uh so i've never understood i I don't understand why they can't do that but i'm sure it's a cool board thing and they're giving all kinds of love on this day and so we're going to honor one of the greatest of all time and that was 
an amazing stretch run. We can never talk enough about that <sighs> stretch run in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, and you, you know, for the line together. that uh, it's the only person that uh, doesn't look back upon that with favourable memories is um, Mike McCannan. Because uh, Mick Canan dropped the reins uh, coming towards the, right towards the wire. And he, you know, it's a terrible thing because Mick Canan was one of the greatest riders that ever sat on a horse's back. But And when you think about it, uh, Mick Canan, you immediately think of Giants Causeway in the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic be, getting beat by Tiz now. And everyone thought that, uh, uh, he, uh, you know, that uh, he would have had a big chance because he loved a fight. He'd have just lost by a nose in that circumstance, so he doesn't have well, to feel too bad. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to go with Mortician here, Frank. I like Mortician. She's yeah, honest, honest to she's God. She's good. Yeah, and uh, that's where I'm headed. Like I was, I, I was, I, I looked at Morticia. I looked at seven to two on the morning line. She is a winner at Keeneland last uh, year. I believe it was maybe it was even this race. Was it? No, it was the. Uh, 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 it was the. Uh, Oh, two back. I don't. I can't even. I can't even uh, tell you the name of that race. <laughs> it was a Grade Three at Keeneland. Anyway, going this distance of five and a half furlongs, and I I bet on her that day, and she beat a filly called Lull, who is a, a very nice filly. Now, Lady Aurelia. I mean, I'm cheering her on. I, I, I you know, I love this filly, and so I will uh, cheer her on, but I wouldn't bet a dollar on her. Right. I'm, I'm with you on that whole uh, thing. I mean, she's on. Look, she could teach you a lesson if you bet against her, but oh yeah, I'm gonna have to. You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna mind a four to five. Yeah, it should be lower than that. Sir. Now, listen, I'm telling everybody some good information about the Stone Street Lexington Stakes. Let's hear it. Yeah, the six horse Gravitos. The Adam says that he Adam Kitchman, the trainer, says that he's training out of his mind. He's never trained this good. He's undefeated since he added blinkers, uh, two starts, two wins, and a great three. Bob Hope, where he beat Mourinho as a maiden at 19 to 1. Then he came back in the springboard mile at Remington Park, and uh, at 3 to 1, he beat Combatant and was five and a quarter lengths back to the third place finisher. I think that uh, if Gray Vitos was trained by Bob Baffert and was completely different connections, he'd be favoured in this Lexington today. But since Adam Kitcheman is a relatively unknown trainer, very good trainer, um, uh, you'll get a, a higher price today on Gray Vitos, who's 6-1 to one on the morning line. I like him. Second, the horse I picked on top is Telekinesis. Yeah. So that's the correct way to say it. Yeah. Uh, a horse uh, for Mark Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, Son of Ghost Dapper. Those are the two that I'm uh, I'm focused in on in this race. And and to me, Frank, uh, I think that the favorite uh, is once again going to be uh, a very beatable horse. My boy Jack. My boy Jack. Um, I agree. I, I think he's beatable. I, I didn't like him last time, and he ran well, but he still got beat with a clear shot at the top two in the final furlong. He couldn't get them, and uh, I, I don't see him getting up here. And again, it's just a price that I do not want to live with. Five to two. And he's also drawn in the 12 hole. Uh, now, that I have can't help him. All, the, all the respect for Keith and Kent DeSormo, uh, two great uh, buddies. They're awesome. Oh, they're awesome. Fantastic. But 5 to 2 is a way over uh, bet. Uh, 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 that's He's going to go off favours, and um, uh, he wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't bet him with, uh, you know, some funny money. Um, like. <laughs> 
But I, I didn't I didn't rate the Louisiana Derby, uh, Noble Indy. I was down there that day in the paddock, and uh, I thought they were a mediocre-looking bunch, um, and uh, it's a great three-year-old uh, year this year. And uh, so I'd be looking for more than I've seen with my boy Jack, but I don't want to talk you off him, but I wouldn't bet him, and Frankie wouldn't bet him. No, we'll pass. So the Jenny Wiley is the 30th running of the Coolmore Jenny Wiley, grade one, 350,000. It is a fabulous race today. It really is. Yeah. And uh, I got to go with the Chad Brown uh, arrival uh, once again, Sister Charlie, nice and fresh. Yeah. Um, it was a brutal beat she took, and I was happy she took it, by the way, that day, because I held her off. Yeah. yeah. Very luckily. Really? Um, really honey, honey. Also, Trent Very, very lucky to hold right. It was a Chad Brown special, but yeah. I mean. That was a Chad Brown one, two, three. Yes, it was. It was, and I was, for the, and most of the time, almost all the time, I'm on the wrong Chad Brown. It's, it's uncanny. Yeah. But in that circumstance, Somehow, some way, the wire came in time for the, for yours truly. Yeah, and that's, uh, well, I was very impressed with this filly, and I, I think she's going to blow right by everybody. Well, she was second in the French Oaks to a filly called Senga, and uh, uh, yeah, she won the, a Grade Three uh, two starts back, um, or three starts back, and that was a good race too. She's got very good form, so but she will be favoured, and she is coming off almost uh, you know probably ten months of a layoff, but she did. R- she won first time out, so that's always nice to see that a yes. horse can run well fresh. Um, no question. So I'm going to give you the winner of that race Please. also. I need it. Uh, Donna Bruja. Okay. She was, I have no problem with that. Babe. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, awesome last time out. And she's 11 wins and three seconds from 15 starts, and she had some excuses in a lot of those races. Uh, well, a few of those races. The, uh, she had a... Uh, like in the Beverly D last year, I thought she should have won. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I disagree no matter what. No one should have won that race other than the Judd Montbelli. Give me a break. Oh, Grand um, Jet. Yeah, she should have won. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand yeah, Jet. That, yeah. was, that was one of those. That was another Chad Brown. That was There, there you go. Yeah, wrong yeah. Chad Brown. For wrong, your boy. wrong Chad. Right yeah. there. But I mean, that was, that was brutal. Yeah. So, Donna Brewer should have been second. Yes. Okay. So I, I agree with that. I agree with 100% that uh, Grand Jet. Sorry about that. Should... That's a bad memory. So I have to, I remember that too vividly to yeah, well, allow that to slip on by. Well, <laughs> all, all the things I've lost in my life, I miss my mind the most. I understand. It happens. Yeah. But you know, you know that pink cap wanted to get to the winner's circle. Then, oh, then. yeah. On a big day, I'm always afraid of that pink cap. <laughs> uh, the pink cap is, is brutal. And, uh, and, and the truth is, she ran so well at Monmouth, and and what I have found in announcing races for a long time, there's no question that when I watch a good performance, right. I overrate it because I was there and I called it or I saw it. And you have to sometimes adjust when they get to a bigger oval and a bigger stage. But in the case of Grand Jeté, she did it when she went to New York. She had a horrendous trip one day in an allowance race that was like it was literally. It was like a candid camera moment. You, it was a, you have to be kidding me special with her. Really? And she still got up that day. Yeah. And then uh, and then when she went to the Beverly D, uh, that was just bad luck. It was unfortunate because if she gets out, I mean, she had a real good kick. But it happens. That's horse racing for you. Uh, uh, you know, I actually bet on her in the Breeders' Cup uh, Philly Amare um, uh, turf uh, last year, Grand Jeté. I, I seen yep. her as a... Uh, just having run a couple of races that she was a lot better and I thought that she w- would win the Breeders' Cup. And but I liked her too. And, and you know, what happened is in that race, 
the Darley filly that ended up winning, I forget her name, she was number five. She was beautiful. And, yeah. and she looked so good in the paddock that I just, I, I added her, which was a good move. But, but Grimes at Tay was definitely, I could never get off that bandwagon. It was, it was just, uh, it would be too late to jump off. And I look forward to seeing her babies down the road because she was a stone-cold runner. Well, um, whether or not they should have won or shouldn't have won, today they got the opportunity in the Jenny <laughs> Wiley, 350,000 grade one. So they'll be they'll be trying today, I guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, now, Oaklawn, your old spot. Uh, uh, that's the Great bi- spot it is. Oh, man. Uh, so again, I'll, uh, like... Uh, uh, remember I told you that uh, I re- went down to Jack Van Berg's funeral with Chris McCarron and Chris was driving. Chris was telling me as we drove into Hot Springs, he said, you know, you see that sign over there? He said, uh, that says population 37,000. And uh, I remember coming to the races back uh, many times at Oakland where to be 62,000. There wouldn't be uh, uh, one person even there. Uh, our, the, the, the track would be completely full and all the cars in the parking lot would have license plates from out of town. Uh, he said it was such an amazing uh, event, and that's going to be the situation today. No question. It's a great, great place, and uh, I had the privilege of working there for four years. Nicest people in the world, passionate about their yeah. racing. Uh, and, 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 look, another amazing card. Congrats to Pat Pope and his team. Great maiden races, and then, of course, the Racing Festival of the South. Uh, concludes here, and and the big news this week is they're going to expand their meet, which surprised me, but I think it's great. And uh, next year they're going to run all the way till Derby Day. Good for them, you know. They give the fans a little more fun, and and rest assured, it's not going to be like at Del Mar when when the winter meet is is so much you know smaller than the summer meet. Sure, Oaklawn. They could run that any time of the year, and those people will show up, and they will pack the grandstand. Well, you know, I've seen a lot of sloppy racetracks this year, so I'm sure that the people would appreciate the better weather and the, a little more time and uh, for the racing. And uh, yeah, I can see them uh, really uh, doing good from that move. Yep, good for them. Uh, so the Count Fleet at Oakland today. This is a race that I, I want to talk about just because I just absolutely love Whitmore. I, I, I don't love him today. Well, I do love him today, but I just love the horse in general. He has got heart, and I'm just an amazing. I guarantee you, when he retires, they'll be looking towards uh, old friends with Whitmore because he's a gelding, a five-year-old gelding. He's won nine of 17. He's five for eight at Oaklawn Park, and I, I believe he'll win today. Um, I do too. Yeah. Seven to five. Right, he's going to be a short price, but yeah. betting against horses like Whitmore, it's just, there's so many other vulnerable favorites, and I'm not saying Whitmore is a complete cinch, but he is so good. Yeah, and he just knows how to win. He loves that track. The connections are are very passionate about Oakland. Yeah, and in that circumstance, it's just hard to fight him. He's 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 going to be very tough to deny, at a, at a you know at a low price. But you know the old expression: the short price beats a long face. I think Whitmore wins the count. Please. Absolutely, Ron Moquette has done such a great job with him. Yeah, he's really, you know, he's developing into a real top trainer. And, and it, you know, it's one thing when you do it at one track, but when you start to expand to other tracks and you start going to the Keenelands of the world and you start going to mm-hmm. Churchill and you start going to Saratoga and you, you start winning, then, uh, you know, you prove that you belong, you know, with the elite trainers. And he has really, uh, in the last several years, his game has been stepped up. And that's what you have to do. Even at Oakland, you can't. You can't just rest on your laurels there because everyone's oh, coming to yeah. Oakland these days. Absolutely. Well, you see Doug O'Neill and 
yep. uh, sh- uh, shipped in. Bob Buffett, uh, they're all shipping uh, from the West Coast uh, into Oakland. Fabulous purses and a, a fabulous place. And now uh, the Oakland, Nothing quite like it. Oh yeah, I I, I just I, I love hot springs. Uh, the mile and an eighth Oakland handicap, grade two, <clears throat> seventy second running, uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand on the line, and we got a c- couple of uh, West Coast uh, invaders. Accelerate on City of Light. I think that I was surprised to see City of Light uh, going in this race. I can't picture him winning under any case, and but but with his presence, I'm going to give you a long shot that I like, and I've always been a fan of this horse. And you're going to say, Frank, how come you're not picking the favorite in here? Yeah. And that's because I'm picking how come. And uh, he's a nice horse for West Holly, and, and, and he needs everything to set up perfectly up top. But when he starts rolling late, he's dangerous. He's 10 to 1, so it's worth a little shot. When it comes in off of a nice win at Oakland Park in the mud uh, last time out, uh, I can see, uh, because, you know, you ship into these type of races and you get Accelerate, who beat Arrogate in the San Diego, and he's 9-5, to five. he won the Santa Anita Handicap by five and a half lengths, but, uh, you know, you get an old horse like Hockadum, uh did I say that right? Hockadum. Whatever it is. Okay. I always like to say, how it come? How it come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how it come? Uh, uh, but, you, you know, he, uh, he's won almost yeah. a million dollars. And, nice horse. Yeah, nice horse. Uh, but I, I I do like City of Light, to be honest with you, because... When really? I, yeah, when I seen him, I was like, how come this horse hasn't ran long? As he is a big, uh, long, uh, I mean, a huge uh, 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 son of quality road. Now, he is out of a mare by the hair, and that kind of does scare me a little bit. Uh, but going to two turns, uh, uh, you know, today, I, I'm interested to see how he runs. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on him. Uh, you know, there's a lot of races that you can uh, bet on today, and I wouldn't pick City of Light from the 11 hole, but I'm very interested to see him going two turns because when I seen him last time out, I, I said this horse definitely needs to go two turns. And the way he runs on seven furlongs, he's doing his best work at the end. I see him being a, a nice two-turn horse. Okay. Yep. I'll see you at the eighth ball. Well, yes. Yeah, you probably will. Uh, <clears throat> so now there's a, a fabulous uh, renewal of the 82nd running of the Arkansas Derby. Million dollars on the line. Great race itself. But a race that everyone is looking towards, the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, the, we forget that uh, when you win the grade one worth a million dollars, you, I, I would be thinking of that I won a grade one worth a million dollars. I wouldn't be thinking of the next race, but everyone is thinking of the next race, which will be the Kentucky Derby. It will. And, uh, of course, the Arkansas Derby took a little blow when McKinsey was sidelined because Baffert called the audible. Yep. He, he then uh, he put uh, Justify into the Santa Anita Derby, and so it took some of the spark away from the Arkansas Derby. No matter what you want to say, that would have added a whole other level of intrigue to a race. And uh, and with his absence, um, I don't see... Look, I loved Solomini when they met last time out, okay? But I just thought there was no excuse. I, I, he was on the, I know he was on the inside or whatever, yeah. but when, when the real running began, Magnum Moon dusted him. I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah. And so for me... I can't go to Salamini here. If he wins, good for him. If he develops up and is able to turn the tables, I don't see it. Um, at least at that price, I don't see it. Right. And, 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 and I think that the interesting horse to me is a long shot, but I'm surprised Ricardo's not riding him, is Tenfold. Um, I agree. Tenfold's a nice little horse. And, uh, uh, and combatants on the outside. But 
But I, I think Magnum Moon is clearly the horse to beat. I would actually be looking to try to beat Solomini for second even with either tenfold or combatant. I've got... Not disrespecting Solomini, but I just didn't see what went wrong last time out. He didn't fire, and he usually would. A baffled horse in that race would usually win. Absolutely. And he didn't. And he, you know, he kind of hangs on his left lead, and he yep. did get in trouble when they turned for home and the real running started. So I'd give him a little bit of an excuse yeah. because he was coming from the layoff. He'd been off for three months. You know, he may have got a little tired down at Oakland. That's a deep track. Uh, but he yeah. won, he was a winner first time out. Now he he is working very well since the since the race. And for Bob Baffert to put him on a plane and send him here to Arkansas, you know I I don't think that Bob Baffert would uh, would do something like that if he didn't really feel like my, uh, that Solomini w- was up to it. Uh, so I wouldn't say I would I wouldn't talk you off of Solomini, but I certainly wouldn't bet on, on him. I like tenfold as well. Son of Curly. Yeah, he's a nice horse. Nice horse. He was ultra impressive first time out, going a mile and a sixteenth. And then he might have just regressed a little bit against winners last time out. Uh, but, uh, you know, today is the day. And if he does happen to win, uh, that will be four horses for the sire Curlin in the Kentucky Derby as far as right now. And Solomini also. Yeah, well, I mean Curlin is just a Curlin's a beast. I saw him in person at Hillendale. Yeah, and uh, he's just a gorgeous animal, and uh, and good for Mister Secure to get him in there because uh, you know that's what you need. You, and he's had some great stallions and continues to develop fine stallions. But Curlin is definitely the uh, the big horse, and rightfully so in every sense of the word. He's a big boy, yeah. and he's certainly delivering. Do you know what he? I didn't. I never even realized before I started to work over there with John. And uh, John sent me up to look at the stallions one, one day, and when that horse came out, what you said is exactly right. He is a beast. Uh, oh, he's beautiful. Oh my, he is huge, and he he stands. The funny thing is, Frank. Uh, not sorry to interrupt you, but no. when he broke his maiden, uh-huh. I remember some guy gave me gave me this horse, and 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 we bet on him. I remember where I watched that race and everything, and he was drifting out, and I'm thinking like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I'm glad he won today. I had no idea what I was watching, even though he won so. I didn't know what the connections knew at that point. Or I had no idea he was going to turn into this kind of a racehorse. Yeah, because he he was drifting well off that rail. Yeah, and I never like to see that. No, but it didn't matter. He's just a big boy, and and he he was a flat out runner. And it's beautiful when you get to see them pass it on and to see those qualities. Absolutely, in and in, in the progeny, right? Because he stamps them; they look exactly like him. Yeah. So we should mention Quip. That's in kind of, uh, you know, scratched out the bluegrass uh, last week. That was a brave move by Rudolph Brissett. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I've not been into the Quip uh, bandwagon. I'm I'm not into it. So that's one of four horses that Windstar have in the Derby this year. Good for them. Uh, I I hope hope they're smiling with Justify in the winter. Yes, uh, absolutely. So now Frankie... um, you haven't done a uh, Rodney Dangerfield impression <clears throat> uh, since we've been on the radio, and uh, I tell everyone how great you are at uh, impressions. And so I was wondering, would you do a Rodney Dangerfield talking to Trevor Denman? Maybe Marv Albert chiming in as well. I tell you what, you kidding me? No one respects this quip horse. I don't know what they want from him. <laughs> I mean, they played scratch for this race. He wants to test himself in front of a bunch of people. I'll tell you, I'd like it the other way. I'd like to be all alone. Are you kidding me? I'm miserable. Uh, hey, Trevor, I don't know what we're going to do over here, Trevor. We miss you. We miss you so much. Don't worry about a thing, Rodney. I'm going to be there at Del Mar, and let me tell you right now, I might be 61, 62, but I'm a very young one, and I can tell you right now, 
when justifies white face turns for home in the derby, I can tell you this, man. They're going to need to sprout wings to catch that guy. And here's another emphatic son of the late, great scat daddy. Justify <laughs> annihilates them. <laughs> uh, excellent, Frankie. I love you, man. Love you, brother. Keep uh, up the good work. Uh, will do. And, uh, have fun this afternoon, my friend. You got some good races. Yep. Tomorrow. Okay. Safe uh, travels, Frankie. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, brother. Well, that's Frankie Miramati and Rodney Dangerfield and Trevor Denman. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so I think that's it for another week. Here on Riders Up on ESPN Radio, I'm Frank Lyons. We'll see you.